Gvaldik. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Mission. The, the Mila. The Mila bring that's right. And that's a tremendous bracha to be able to bring more to the world than we would have otherwise been limited to with our years here. All right. Four lines from the top of the Amad Vav Amad Aleph of the Tanah Rabbanan. Okay, 6a. Here we go. Tanah Rabbanan, the rabbis learned, and so should we. Now, we're going to talk, be talking a lot about rain and various types of rain. So here we go. We say in Kriyashma, Pasuk and Devarim, who says, if you follow in my ways, you will receive bracha, you will receive blessing. And I will bring mitar artzachem, the rain of your land, be'itai, in its proper time, yaira u'malkash. You're going to have yora rains, and you're going to have malkosh rains. What in the world are these things? Here we go. Ton Rabbana. The rabbis learned as those yaira. What is yaira rains? It's called that shamaira esabrias. It's from the word Torah. You ever ask somebody, what does Torah mean? Yeah? The answer is, it's guidance. It's a lesson. It's an instruction. The first rains are called Yaira because it tells Brios, it tells creation, Listen, winter's coming. Fix your uh, heating systems. Fix up your roofs. Bring in the fruit from the field. Prepare yourself for the rains, for the cold. And that's why it's called Yaira. It is. What's the message of the first rains of the season? Get ready. Yaira, we're letting you know there's a new season coming. Another way to explain the word Yaira. Shemerava esa'aretz. Merava esa'aretz means it's, it, it, um, it saturates the land. It makes it like very wet, meaning umashka And the water keeps seeping down up until the, uh, all the way down to the tahaim shenamar. By the rave, that's from the word, um, uh, we're focusing now on the word malka, yaira, uh, yeah? That the, the rave uh, holds in the ground, um, that those are gedudim, marvivim to my gegena, they bring down uh, to my gegena. Simcha Tavarech, and it, it makes the it makes a lot of mud. The earth becomes uh, very muddy, and after that, things that start to sprout will be blessed. Okay, so that's another thing that Yaira, uh, the first rains, are teaching us. First of all, that it's letting us know to prepare for the winter season. Number two is that the earth is now very soft and muddy. Another reason for the word Yaira is Yaira Shayyirid Binachas. The word Yaira means it comes down softly, it comes down gently. The first rains aren't going to be very strong, angry storms. They're going to come down, uh, they're going to come down very, very soft. Well, I don't know if you can say this, but if this is a soft rain, yet it goes all the way to the Beautiful, beautiful. So when you That's the message. With somebody, you softly, yeah. Rabbi Rabinsky is pointing out, it's a soft rain, but these are the rains that go all the way down. You see from here, if you want your words to go deep inside a person, you talk soft, you talk gently. 
Yeah, the, the softer, when you talk soft, that's when things uh, have a real penetration. Beautiful. Okay. Now, something to notice is, you know, if we say Yaira Umalkesh, and the Gemara is bothered, like, what's the word Yimaira? Just notice the beauty of Lashon Kaidish. It's not, things aren't just words. It's not just a word. There's like, there's, there's meaning and depth behind every, every word. And, and this translates, by the way, to why those of us who are mother tongue is the English language, why it's so important to still daven with the Hebrew words. Because the English language can't compare the depth that we comes out with tefillah, even if we don't fully understand everything, but the depth that's there as we just yearn to relate to the Rabbanu it's so crucial to understand, but it's crucial to use the words of Chazal because of the meaning behind this. Says the Gemara, one second, we're saying Yaira is a gutazach. It's the early rains, it's letting us know to bring our stuff in from the outside. It seeps deep. It also is gentle. It says the Gemara, maybe Yaira, it's, it's called that because it's Mashir as a Peres, it dirties up the fruits, and it, uh, it ruins this, you know, it, uh, it, it, the, the, the rain makes the seeds move around, and also is washing the trees. Therefore it says, yeah, it says the word Yaira Umalkaish Vasmaint Malkaish. What do you see from there? Ma Malkaish Bracha, just like the Malkaish rains are certainly blessing rains, Af Yaira Bracha. So too Yaira is good. It's not a bad thing. Says Gemara, okay, well, how do you know Malkaish is a good thing? Maybe Malkaish itself is, is bad because it's the later rains and it, it, it uh, could bring be a strong storm. Mapilas Abatim. It causes the homes to fall down, it breaks trees, and uh, it causes the locusts to get all excited. Therefore it says, But we just asked, Come on. Beautiful. There's another puzzle. That the Bnei Tziyan should be happy in Hashem because HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us Yaira for tzedakah. HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings the rains as tzedakah to us, as tzedakah. HaKadosh, what tzedakah did Hashem give that He brought us Yaira Malkish? Beautiful, period. So what are we seeing from here? What you see from here is the Gemara just simply since the top of the Yomud it started out by saying, you know what, we gave three explanations why it's called Yaira. All of them good. Correct? It, calls, it, tells, it lets us know to bring stuff in from outside. It seeps deep. It's gentle. We said, oh, maybe it's a bad thing. It says, Mara, it can't be. Because since the Pasuk calls Yaira and Malkaish both tzedakah, tzedakah is always a gitazach. It's always a good thing. And therefore, the Yaira, the, the Yaira rains are constructive rains, not destructive rains. Period. End of that Gemara. Okay. Let's keep going. Next, Bryce. A ton of the rabbis learned that's why they're rabbis. Yaira b'marcheshon. Yaira, these first rains, when do they come? In marcheshon. Okay? The previous month, right before Kislev. Umalkaish, the later Malkaish rains are benison. So what's the rainy season? We start with Yaira, which is after Sukkot. Okay? Tishrei, and then Cheshvan. In Cheshvan, we start the year range, and then the rainy season ends Pesach time. 
Okay, it ends in Nisan. Says the Gemara, okay, perhaps. You're claiming that the Yaira, the earlier rains start in Marcheshvan and the later rains are in Nisan. Who says that's true? Says the Gemara, maybe Yaira should start in Tishrei and Malkaish should end in Iyar because, because we do find times where the rain could start a little earlier and the rain can end a little later. So the Gemara says, true. Okay, okay. Talmud Laimar, Be'itai. Yeah, therefore it says Be'itai. What does Be'itai mean? In its usual time. Usual time. So you see from here that even though, granted, it may start raining in Tishrei, and it may keep going until Iyar, but since it's Be'itai, Yeramakash, we're talking about the consistent and the usual time for the rains to start in it. Says the Gemara Malkaish. Where does the word Malkaish come from? Listen to this. You know what Malkaish? The later rains. Listen, it's already the end of the season, and the rains. There's these Malkaish rains. Where does that come from? Because these rains remove the cash, the harshness of Klal Yisrael. Mal gives a mila gives a circumcision, cuts off the hardness of Klal Yisrael. How so? How so? Because if you're at, right, ready at the end of the season and we need these rains, you know what? People soften up. When somebody needs something, they soften up. That's Malkish. It's something that is mole, not from the word mila, but rather from the word mole. It fills up the stalks. This is the, like the end of the growth. This is when the, the, the grain, this is the, at the end of the season, when the Malkish rains come, it helps the grains fill up. The Masnisatana, and we learned in a Mishnah, it's rain that comes down on Melilais, which is the ears of grain, and on the kash, on the straw itself. Okay, so we have, again, the, the same beautiful message, that the same way Yaira is not just a word, there's meaning behind that word, so too Malkaish. Right? Malkaish either is from an expression of Mila to Kasha. You give a bris, you cut off something that's hard, or it's something that fills up a grain, or it's something that comes down on straw. the rabbis learn, so comes down in and Malkaish is in the month of Nisan. Now there's a little different. Before we said maybe it's a month earlier. Now we're saying maybe it's it's after Cheshvan. Maybe it's the month we're currently in, the month of Kislev, because sometimes the rains wait till then. Okay. Bottom line is, what are we sticking to? That the Yaira starts in Marcheshwam because that is the expected and proper time for the rain. Tani Doch and other Brisa taught us Yaira bin Marcheshwan o Malkaish bin Isam. Yaira is in Marcheshwan and Malkaish is in Nisan. Divir Bimay is a Pinna Rabbi Meir. Chamay Mnacham say no. Yaira is not in Marcheshwan. Yaira is Bekislev. It's a month later. Okay. Now, Man Chacham. Remember the price we just worked off of, and that is the reason why Yaira, according to our Tana, is not in Kislev is because there's Be'itai. Okay? 
Says the Gemara, Man Chachamim. Who are the Chachamim? And listen closely to this Brisa because the Gemara on Amud Beis is going to get back to this Brisa. Who are the Chachamim? Says the Gemara, Amar of Chista, Rabbi Yisihi. This opinion of the Chachamim that Yaira reigns, the first reigns, really start in the month of Kislev, the Hebrew month that we're currently in, is Rabbi Yaisi. Why? Listen to this. The Tanya. We learned in a Brisa. When do you know that it's the first revia, the first rings? Yeah. So in America we say, when you see bees. You know why? Because they're wearing yellow jackets. <laughs> okay, not funny. Very cute. All right. Revia Rishon. How do you know? <laughs> Too corny, right? How do you, how do you know? Good dad job. How do you know it's the first rings? Right? How do you know? What, what are you looking at that all of a sudden you know? So he says like this. Here's how it works. The Bechor reign, the firstborn reigns, meaning the first reigns to come down, and that starts on the third day of Marcheshwa. Bainanis, the middle see the middle reigns, Bishivabai is the seventh day of Marcheshwa, three days later. Afela and the last Raviya, the last reigns are Bishiva Asubai, the seventeenth day of Marcheshwan. Now, the last rains, remember, I shouldn't say remember, let's, let's explain. does not mean the last rains of the season. It means the last rains of the, of the, of the year, right? Of the first rains, right? The first rains are, the first rain is divided into three parts. The third of Cheshvan, the seventh of Cheshvan, and the seventeenth um, of Cheshvan, okay? So from beginning to end, it's a 14-day span. There's a reason why I'm doing the math here. Gemara is going to get to this. This is the opinion of Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yudai Rabbi Yudai says, no. Here's how the first rain comes. B'shiva u'b'yodzayin u'b'esrim b'shleishim. On the seventh day of Cheshvan, on the seventeenth day of Cheshvan, and on the twenty-third day of Cheshvan. So according to him, the first, the span of rain, of the first, of the first falling is... A 16-day span, not a 14-day span. Okay? From day 7 to day 23. Rabbi Yaisi Aymer. And Rabbi Yaisi says, Biyud Zayin, the first rains of the first rain season, uh, is the 17th, Uve Esrim Vishlaisha, and the 23rd, which is a six-day span so far, Uve Reish Kislev. Okay, so you're going to have from day 17 to day 23 to Rosh Chaydesh Kislev, whenever that is. Could be the 30th day or the 31st. V'chein hai Rabbi Yisi Yomer, e'n ha'yechidim mis'anim ad she'egiyah Rosh Chaydesh Kislev. That the people who would start to fast, the Tainis that our Masechet is named after, wouldn't start fasting until... Which is the end of the Yaira, the end of the first expected rainfall. If it hasn't rained by the last day of the first expected rainfall, now we know it's time to start fasting. Okay, fine. What does this have to do with anything? See, here's what it has to do with We quoted a Brisa. The Brisa said, according to the mayor, Yaira is in Cheshvan. And Malkish is in Isan. What the Chum say? No, Yair is in Kislev. So who's, which, we just quoted a price with three opinions. 
either Yaira ends on the 17th, or Yaira ends on the 23rd, or Yaira ends on Rishchidosh Kislev. Rabbi Yaisi is the one who says, Yaira ends on Rishchidosh Kislev. Boom. So we said, who is the author of the Chachamim? It is Rabbi Yaisi, because he's the one saying that Rishchidosh Kislev is Yaira. Period. Amar Rav Chista, Rav Chista says, Allah, Rav Yaisi, we paskin that um, Yaira is like the opinion of Rabbi Yaisi, that it starts on 17, then 23 of Cheshvan, and then Kislev it ends. Amemar Masti Lod Rav Chista Baalishna, Amemar taught Rav Chista's psak in a different way. He doesn't argue with him. Listen to this. On the third day of Cheshvan, we start the same Talu Matar. Rabbi Gamliel Aymer B'Shivavai Gamliel says you start saying the same Talu Matar on the seventh day of Cheshvan. And Omar Rav Chista Alacha Rabbi Gamliel. Rav Chista says Alacha is like Rabbi Gamliel. Okay. So what did Rav Chista just do? Rav Chista just explaining um, I'm sorry, what did Amemar just do? Amemar says that when Rav Chista Paskin like um, paskind, uh, when he said halacha kizeh, it wasn't referring to Rabbi Yaisi and, and, and dealing with Hochaz Yaira. Rather, it was referring to the Psaq of Rabbi Gamliel and he was dealing with the laws of the same Tal Umatar. Period. Okay. Now that we established the three different opinions as to when the Yora rainfall came, when it started, when it ended. Um, are we articulating this well again? Yeah? Our focus right now is we know the first category of rainfall for the season is called yore and we explained where that word comes from what we're trying to understand is we have a three-way dispute as to the on the calendar when yore starts and when yore ends and we have a three-way dispute okay now we got that down we're going to try to take the three-way dispute and connect it with other teachings so here we go Kaman Oslo who is the following brisa authored by, or consistent with? Reb Shimon Gamliel Eimer. Rabbi Shimon Ben Gamliel says, "Geshamim sheyardu shiva yamim ze achar ze." When you have rains that come down seven days one after the other, meaning a continuous seven-day downpour. Doesn't need to be a downpour. But it has to be that the rains don't stop. It rains each day of the seven days. A seven-day rain will be counted all for Yairah. Keman It's going to be following Rabbi Yaisi. Okay? Why is it following Rabbi Yaisi? Because Rabbi Yaisi says the first rain start on the 17th. The next rain start on the 23rd. How big of a span is that? Six or seven days. Okay, depending on what time of day it started. And then the third part of it is going to be on Rosh Chodesh, which is also going to be six or seven days after the 23rd. Beautiful. So you can have, really, a time frame where it's all the opinion of Rabbi Yaisi. Amr Rabbi Chista. Rabbi Chista says, Halach Rabbi Yaisi. Bishnamalavirishayna. It makes sense according to Virishayna. Lishol. By the first rains, it makes sense to start saying the same tal umatar. Shlishis lis anis. And the third reign of Yaira, we know to start fasting. So the Hasidim start fasting, right? If it didn't rain yet. But Shniya Lamai, who cares about the middle reign? Okay? The Gemara here is asking what we'll call a basic Balabatasha question. And that's like this. 
There's no read, there's no need to mince words or say extra words. You don't need to say anything too short or too long. But here's the deal. In the opinions, listen to Bryce, we said, you know when the first rains start? For example, let's give take our base as an example, day 17. You know when it's in the middle? Day 23. You know when it's the end? To tell me when it starts, okay, I understand why it's important. Yeah, in my davening, I'm going to start saying the same talumotar. To tell me when it ends, I also it's also important for me to know. Because I know that if rain hasn't come by the end of the yore, the tzaddikim should start fasting and doing tshuva, or else there's going to be a drought. But who cares about the middle one? That middle child, that middle rain, what's a practical application? Why do I need to know that the middle rain is going to be on the 23rd? Like, who cares? Why is that an important piece of information for me? Okay? You understand the question? The start and the end is what matters. The middle? Yeah, don't tell this to the relief pitchers. Yeah, we're saying just the starter and the closer. You know what I mean? Omar of Zaira. Sir of Zaira says, I'll tell you a very practical application of why we need to know when the middle reigns of Yerah are. Linid Dorim. It has to do with the laws of vows. If a person makes a vow and he says, Rashi explains, I will not eat licorice until it rains. Until the rains. Okay? Or he says, from the Gishamim then, Seder. So in other words, this, the, the, the middle rain is kind of what, you might say it's not the start and it's not the end, but that's what is anchoring, that's like the center, right? That's anchoring down the rains. And if a person takes a vow or an oath not to benefit from something from a particular time, from a particular point, it will become permitted or forbidden, depending on what your vow was, by the second rain. So gives another application why it's important to know the middle rain. He says, Lezaysim. It has to do with the laws of Zaysim, the laws of Olives. When is everybody permitted to take Lekat Shikha Upeh? Once the Namushas, once the Ramajers have gone through the field. When you let it take the Perdin Once they've gone through the vineyard, twice. When you're allowed to eat from the Zaysim, beautiful. From when the second rains come. Says the Gemara, okay, very nice. My Nemushais, what are Nemushais? Amr Abiyechner, Abiyechner says, Sabi does the Atigra, elderly people that walk slowly with canes. Reishlakish Amar, Reishlakish says, Lekute Basar, Lekute, they are the second wave of collectors. Pause. Let's talk outside. What just happened? We were introduced to a brand new halacha in our Masechta. Okay. Here's the halacha. Somebody owns a field. You start harvesting the field. The Torah tells us, Leket shikha upay, the fallen grain, the forgotten grain, and the, a, a corner of the field, which halakhically doesn't have to actually be the corner, it just has to be a part of the field, you need to leave over for the poor. It, does, it belongs to the poor community, to the point where if somebody who's not poor takes it, you're a guy. Okay? Stealing. Mama's stealing from the poor. Okay. Now, the same way, if I own something and I abandon it, it's now ownerless. If the poor community decides not to take your forgotten fallen grain or your payah, 
If they don't take it, now it's Hefker, and anybody can take it. So the commission asks, well, at what point can I know that the poor community has given up on the grain in my field, or somebody else's field, that anybody else could go, could go grab it? At what point is that? So the Mishnah says, once the rummagers have gone through the field. Now, what are rummagers? Rabbi Yechanan taught us that rummagers are the elderly people who walk through with canes and walkers. Why? Why? Why is that important? You know why? Because very often when you have access to grain, something new, something fresh, People just run through the field grabbing whatever they can. You know, they have these videos. You have one minute to grab everything off the shelf. So you're going to take some, you're going to leave some. But an elderly, slow person walking with a walker or a cane has a big mila. They have a big mila. What's the mila? What's the pro? You see things. You see what's happening. You see what you see. You see, you know, you see things. So says Rabbi once... The people who take their time have walked through. It's now Hefker. It's now ownerless. That once the people who notice, Mamish, you, you think you say, right? It's like, how do you know when something loses value? When the young whippersnappers say, yeah, leave it behind, the world's moved on. Or when people with a life experience say, you know what, I think I could do something with this. I think, <laughs> I think there's still something here. You know, I, I think I can, I can create something. So important you say. But when you take your time and you have the experience, eh, there's still something of value around. Okay? Rabbi Yechelen says, until the rummagers, meaning the people who see things, they acknowledge things, have gone through the, once they've gone through the field, now it's Hefker. Until then, no, 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 it's not Hefker. Doesn't matter all the young, fast people ran ahead and they left it behind. Doesn't matter. It still belongs to a poor community. They have not been mafkarit. Right, his, his beloved brother-in-law, Reish Lakish, argues. And he says, no, it's the second wave of collectors. Once you have two groups of collectors that have walked through the field, that's when it becomes uh, Hefker and anybody can have it. Be it as it may. How does this apply to our Gemara? Because the same Mishnah said that when it comes to the forgotten or leftover olives, at what point... Are the olives out in the field going to be considered too ruined that the poor people are not going to get it? They're not going to go back for it. That point is the second rain, which is the middle of the Yaira rains. Once you hit that time and that second rain, now anybody can take the olives. Because we know the poor people are going to say, you know what, once you have that second rain, the olives are going to be ruined. We're not going back for it. Hence, it becomes Hefker and anybody can have it. Okay, so so far like this. We had a question. The beginning of Yorah is important to tell me. So I know to save a same towel. The end of Yorah I know is important to tell me. So people can start fasting. Yeah? But the middle, who cares? Answer number one that we gave was when it comes to vows. Answer number two we said when it comes to collecting the leftover olives. Okay. We're going to give another answer. Answer number three. Rav Papa Amar. Rav Papa says, Fascinating halacha. You know why the second rains are important? It has to do with walking through permitted fields, paths through somebody else's field. The Amar Mar, listen to this fascinating halacha. A person is allowed to make a shortcut through other people's paths on their field. 
until the second rains have come. Once the second rains of the rainy season have come, there is no more walking in the fields. You know why? Because you only let it cut through somebody's property. If it's I have something to gain. You have nothing to lose by me walking through your land. So I could walk through your land. It's just understood. If somebody is walking on Shabbos afternoon in front of my house and it starts to rain and they're standing under the tree in front of my house to protect themselves from rain. And they're like, yeah, get out. Get out from under the tree. You're stealing. You're on my property. They're like, what, sugar? Right? The guy just waiting for the downpour to pass. Let him stand under the tree. He doesn't even ask me permission to stand under the tree. It's, a, it's understood. I have nothing to lose by him being there. And he, there's only what to gain, so let him do it. Once you get to the second rains of the paths in the field, people walking through the field are going to ruin the field because the, the seeds get moved around, so on and so forth. And therefore, you're only allowed to go onto somebody else's property if there's zero loss. If there is any sort of loss or potential loss, you're not allowed to do that. Which, by the way, this applies very important. Sometimes, you know, on Shabbos, people want to cut through other people's uh, lawns or whatever to get to shul. If, you t- if you're taking away the person's privacy uh, and, you know, and you're causing damage to their living ability to, to live within their house, you've got to ask permission first. Yeah, it's not, it's not a, it, it, you know, it, we take it for granted because we walk into shul and we ask all the doctors and, and lawyers for their, uh, you know, for, <laughs> for their advice without paying them. You know, I get to sit next to the doc in the doctor section in shul, right? We just we take for granted as a from community, we're all there for each other. Says the Mishra, you got to be very, very careful. Make sure, make sure that that even if even if you know we want to, you know, uh, somebody else is is uh, has things that we can use. Make sure it's not to their detriment. Chas says, It's important to know about the second rain. So we know when to remove the Shemitah produce from our home. We're currently in a Shemitah year. Okay. And in the Shemitah year, you need to remove produce that was gathered in your home once there's no longer any food out in the fields. And let's read this inside. The time we learned the Mishnah. I must sign in and Until when you let it get Hana and burn if you need. Right? You, you winter, you bring in your, your wood and the straw to, build, to light fires. Until when are you allowed to keep it in your home? Until the second rains. My time, oh, why? You're not allowed, everything that Shemitah is hefker, is ownerless. What do you got to do with it? You leave it out for the animals in the field. Which means, as long as there's food out in the field for the animals, you're allowed to keep things inside your home for your own personal use. But once there's no longer anything outside in the fields for the animal, you need to take that which you gathered in your house for your animals and you're no longer allowed to hold on to it. What is that point? That point is Yairis. Okay, so so far, and, and we're going to hold it here for the answers, we gave a number of beautiful answers. Why the second rain? Why is that important, right? So let's quickly, uh, let's quickly chaz with the answers we gave. First thing we said is when it comes to laws of vows, okay? Second answer we gave was from Rav Zvid, when it comes to the zaysim, the, the olives that are out in the field becoming hefker. The third answer we gave was Rav Papa, very good, that, that you have to stop walking through other people's fields. And the fourth answer that we're giving is that you need to remove the Shemitah from one's home. Okay, so.
So we have four very practical applications um, as to why it's important to know when the Yaira starts, when its middle is, and when it ends. Okay. Now, period. New conversation. And let's preface the conversation very simply, which is, we started out today's daf explaining where the word Yaira comes from. Then we moved on and we said, where does the word Malkash come from? Right? Yaira gave a few explanations. Malkash gave a few explanations. And we explained that Yaira, the earlier rains, are the Revia Rishayna. It's the first part, the first season of rains. Now what we're going to try to do is explain where the word Revia comes from. What's the deeper meaning of the word Revia? Now that we know what Yaira is, now that we know what Malkash is, what is this word Revia? Okay? Um, Rabbi Abba, Rabbi Abba says, my Lushen Revia. Where does the word Revia come from? What's the deeper meaning of this Heligu word, this holy word? Dovar Sherevea es Hakarka. It's something that is Revea the Karka, something that enters the land, that goes deep into the land. Kid Rabbi Yehuda, Dom Rabbi Yehuda, Mitra Baila de Arohu. Rain is the husband of earth. The same way the husband, the, the male, enters the female, the rain enters the earth. It seeps in and goes into the earth. Shenemar, as it says, right? It saturates the earth and it makes it able to it makes it able to sprout the aftira of a tainus. says, okay, so what is the word revia? What is unique about rain? Very interesting. What, the rain is called revia because it enters the earth. The earth accepts the rain. The first rains. Here's what happens. Here's the science, says Rabbi Abo. The first rains of the season go a handbreadth deep into the soil. Shania. The second rains come down. Okay, what's considered the second rains? When there's the earth is wet enough that you can take from it and make mud enough mud or earth or clay to cover the top of a barrel. That the earth itself is muddy enough and soft enough to make a, a cover with it. In Bahem, Mishum, Ba'atzar. You should know um, that if once the earth gets that muddy, you should know there's no longer any sort of klala for that year. There's no longer any sort of curse, and you should know that, that these rains are rains of blessing. And if Chista says, and from here down to the bottom, until uh, the end of today's daf, we're going to focus on various um, sayings and teachings concerning rain. Any rain that comes down before we say Kriya Shema in the morning. Before we say the word of Atar Sashemayim in the morning. Okay? So, in other words, Rebchiz is saying something very powerful. It can rain, but there will still be no blessing. There can be rain. When Hashem says, if you don't follow in my ways, I will stop up the heaven, it doesn't necessarily mean it will completely stop raining. Rather, it means there will be no blessing seen from the rain. That's 
Well, it's not. It, it doesn't show. Well, it says it doesn't show anything. If rain, if rain fell. Yeah, 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 very good, very good. Yeah, yeah beautiful. Aim by Mishum Yeah, you know the bracha came. Kabbalah. Amar Abaye says, "Why Amar Abaye Koyde Ba'atzar the Orta?" This is talking about Kriyash Matzah Shachris in the morning. Abakoyde Ba'atzar the Safra, but rain that comes before the night time, then Yeshpem Mishum Ba'atzar. Yeah, it could still be included in Ba'atzar. There still could be Hakadosh Baruch Hu withholding the the bracha, right? And and it could be a klala. The Amar of Yehuda Bar Yitzchak, Yehuda Bar Yitzchak says, "Hani Anani the Safra, the clouds of the morning, less Bahu Mishasha." There's no bracha. So the goodness is like the the uh, clouds of the morning, and and uh, it doesn't necessarily hold any sort of bracha. Papa says What do you mean? People say when there's a lot of rain uh, in in the uh, opening of the day. We tell everybody schlepping their grain to the market to go back home. Yeah, tell all the, the, the donkeys carrying the grain to go home. But you know why? Because it's a terrible investment. You don't want to sell your grain when there's so much grain because grain is going to cost nothing. You want it to be, once you have grain, you prefer the price to go up so you can invest it. Okay? When you have rain clouds in the morning so that's like it's you tell the donkey people who are slipping the grain go back home because this is going to be a good day for grain there's going to be a lot of grain available and you go back home but where do we say that the rain uh, the rain in the morning doesn't uh bring bracha that is when it's uh it's not coming from thick clouds it's coming from thinner clouds Amr of Yudah, of Yudah says Top of the shot of the tebes are Malta. The, the the it is good. A year where tebes is in our Malta, a year where tebes has no rain. Okay, if it hasn't rained by tebes, it's a good year. Now remember, we said the first rains start in Cheshvan, Cheshvan, Kislev, tebes. It's already up to month number three of the rainy season. And Rabbi Yehuda is saying, oh, if it doesn't rain in the third month of the rainy season, oh, it's a good sign. So what does that mean? Ika da Amri, some explain it to mean, delay bairi tarbitze. Okay? You know why it's a good thing? Because then it's not going to get in the way of, delay bairi tarbitze. It's not going to get in the way of people's Torah learning. Okay, people could still travel back and forth. Notice there's a mile of it starting to rain before, but we don't want it to be raining during the month of Tevis. Yeah, this way people could go back and forth to Yeshiva. Because if it doesn't rain in that month, um, then uh, then the Shoftana, which it, Rashi explains, the detrimental winds are not going to be ruined. Because in the winter, sometimes you can have very strong storms. And those very strong storms could ruin the crops if the crops are wet. If the, if the winds come and the, and the crops are dry, so it's not going to have a terrible impact. He says like this, let it start raining in, Marche, in Cheshvan. Okay? But as, as, as we hope that Tebes, 
should, at least that month of the season should remain dry. This way, any negative things, either physically or spiritually, don't uh, you know don't get ruined. Says the Gemara, is that true? But Rav Chista says, Oh, if your Teves is very muddy, ah, that's the best. Teves is supposed to be muddy. So I'm confused, says the Gemara. And for the Gemara, like Kasha, there's no question. It all depends. If it rained in, in Cheshvan and Kislev, so then it's good not to have rain in Teves. Let it dry up. Everything already started to sprout. You got, a, you, you got the proper rains. Get the Zach. But when do we say that we want it to be, uh, uh, it's good for it to be dry? When do we say we want Tebes to be muddy? That if it didn't rain enough up until that month. Okay, again, it's also very important to follow the train of thought. The, everything in life is relative to what the needs are. It's what we call shikol adas. You got to balance out your mind. There's pros and there's cons to everything. And sometimes you, we could be in conversations with others and we mean something because we're coming with a particular, you know, approach in our mind, something that we're thinking, and that other person does not even, you know, we're speaking the same words, but we're talking different languages, right? So you could say it's good, all right? But then explain. It's, it's good to not have rain only when you already had the rain. You didn't say that, right? Or it would tell me it's not good. Oh, it's not good to have rain. That's, your, that, that, you know, that, that, that's when the rain already came. So like, it's... Everything has its balance. Everything has its balance. And once you communicate, then you get it on the same page. So it's all, uh, it all makes sense. The Omar of Chista, and of Chista says, If rain falls in one part of a Medina, one part of a land, the Al-Mitzah Medina Layard, the other part of the land, it does not fall. So it seems to be there's a drought in half. Okay? This is not a curse. When Hashem says there's going to be a curse of the Otsar, it means there's no rain available for anybody in Eretz Yisrael. It's not true, but it says, I will also re, uh, withhold the rain, and there's going to be three months left, I'm going to bring rain to this city, I won't be bring to this other city, says listen, this, these psukim from Navi, Referring to the Rabbi Yishlai, we're talking about where there's going to be rain in one city, no rain in the other city, and both cities are going to be cursed. So you see that even when there's going to be a curse in both places. So you see that even when part of a land has rain, it's still included in the curse of Atzar. Even though some have. Says the Gemara, again, no, 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 you're speaking the wrong language. Like Kasha, Hada'asa Tuva, Hada'asa Demibayle. One answer is, I'll tell you, there we're dealing with, it rained in half the land, and it overrained to a point of flooding. And the other hand had nothing. The other land had nothing. That's when it's a curse on both places. All right? You got rain, but it wasn't a blessing. It was terrible. Amar Ravashi, Ravashi says, take an ami. You can infer from these pasukim that this is actually what the curse is. Dixiv, timater. There will be rain on it. Tehei makam mater. It's going to be a place of absolute rain. Shmamina. So what do you mean? It's just going to keep raining and keep raining and keep raining. Uh, too much rain is a curse. And the other place will have no rain. Either place, there ain't going to be anything growing. Hence, the curse of the Otsar remains. Otherwise, though, getting back to our idea, otherwise, let's say you have a normal rain in one part of a land, and the other part is dry, you should realize it's not coming from Otsar. Now, who cares? 
What's the difference between Sikhut and the word Va'atzar? The answer is because we have to know as Klai Yisrael how to react to the Ebishter's world. If it's considered Va'atzar, the message to us is Klai Yisrael do tshuva everywhere. And if the message is not Va'atzar, so we know to straighten up in other ways. Everything the Rabbani Shalom does is a message. That's why the Gemara keeps stressing the importance. I have to know what the reality is. This type of rain, is it Va'atzar? If it is, then I have to look inside Kriyashma and say, okay, what led to this? And do tshuva over there. But if it's not Va'atzar, then I shouldn't only look in the Shema, and we should look in other ways. You know, Mephash Vesh B'maizah, we've got to look into our actions to find out why, uh, why the brach is not coming. Omer Rabbi Avohu, Rabbi Avohu says, At what point on rain do you start making a bracha? Okay, when it starts to rain, when anything good happens, you make a bracha. Make a teva metiv. Yeah? At what point of rain do you make the bracha? Says Rabbi Avohu, once the chasen steps forward to greet the kala, right underneath the chuppah, so the kala comes towards the chasen, the chasen takes a few steps towards his kala, and then escorts her back under the chuppah. Okay, that's the minute. You take a few steps in, and then you bring her underneath your own home. You bring her under the chuppah. Okay, so at what point of rain, when the raindrops that fall, come back up to greet the newer raindrops? What is the bracha? We don't just say, oh, thank you, Hashem. We specify each drop is unique. Each drop is needed. Specific. Even if our mouths were able to sing shira, sing songs like we did at the Yamsuf, you keep reading until they're in Nishmas, you never forsaken us. Baruch Ah, blessed are you, Hashem, who we thank you most of the time. Says the Gemara, what? We, we mostly thank Hashem, and other times we thank others. Like, and you don't always, not everything is to be thankful for the Rabbi Nishalim. Amar Rav says, you're right. I mean, that was a misquote. Yeah, we misspoke, so to speak. We didn't mean You're the God that everything's supposed to be thinking. The Papa says, yeah. But the Maisa said right. Said right. Okay. So the Papa says, therefore, Hilkoch, therefore, top of Davzayin, Nimrinu Litarvayu, Keloi Dois, Viroiv, Hoi Dois. Okay, we say Baruch Hashem, Kel Hoi Dois, Viroiv Hoi Dois, or Kel Roiv Hoi Dois, Shaila, exactly how you, uh, you know, how the, the Bracha should be, uh, should be structured. Um, but uh, Rashi kicks in over there, interesting Rashi, because the question seems to remain, like, why are you saying right? right? Why, why are you still saying right? Um, so the second line of Rashi says, Mashma umetchila haya mashma raiv mamush. Because originally, if you just say raiv, you just mean, okay, most. And it's not referring to the many types of things. Rashi is explaining uh, um, Rav Papa to mean, why are you saying raiv haidais vikelaidais? Because it, it, once you're saying kelaidais, you're no longer saying most things go to you. What you're saying is that the tremendous, expansive things 
all go to you, the Rabbani Shalom. And that is a statement that is MS, that is a statement that is proper. We'll hold it here for today, and God willing, tomorrow, Erev Shabbos, Friday, we're going to pick up at 12.15 Central Time with Omar Rebbe Avohu. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.